This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Dave Woodard. Welcome back to the show. Libby is off today, but she'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Much has been made of a story from last week's Globe and Mail. The bishops of Alberta and the Northwest Territories announced uh, that it believes its priests should consider refusing funerals for people who have chosen a physician-assisted death. The new guidelines say, quote, such a funeral would be scandalous as it would be an encouragement to others and engage in the evil that is euthanasia and assisted suicide that such a request for funeral rites must be gently but firmly denied. What do you think? Do you think the Catholic Church in Alberta has that right? Or is it simply just a case of religion standing by its own dogma? Again, we want to hear from you. 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. We have on the phone right now the CEO of Dying with Dignity Canada, Shanez Gokul. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. And the Director of Communications from the Archdiocese of Toronto, Neil McCarthy. Hello. Hi, Dave. Good to be with you. The first question is to Shanaz. Uh, what does dying with de- uh, dignity make of these comments from the Catholic bishops of Alberta and the Northwest Territories? You know, we think they're unfortunate. Uh, to answer your first question, Dave, uh, does the Catholic Church have this right? Of course the Church has this right um, uh, to say that, you know, that um, uh, members of their parishioner, uh, their parishioners who um, uh, have an assisted death uh, may not have an, a Catholic funeral um, or have a last sacrament. Uh, we think that's very unfortunate. And uh, the way I think about this issue is I come from a very religious household. My mother is Muslim and my father was Christian, and they both held deeply, and my mom still does, uh, deeply um, uh, sort of uh, internalized views on religion and the importance of it. But my mom also has congestive heart failure, and I know that she supports assisted dying. And for her to be told, possibly, that, you know, to have an assisted death and to be relieved of her suffering means that she's not a good Muslim, or my father might have been told that he's already passed, that he would not be a good Christian. I think they would find that very hard. So it has the effect for some people of being coercive. Um, And I think that that's unfortunate when we're talking about people who are at the most vulnerable time in their life. And, you know, while the the Catholic Church in Alberta and the Northwest Territories absolutely has that right. I just wonder how many um, uh, uh, parishioners of theirs will feel uh, abandoned or very uh, isolated from the Church by taking that stand. Neil, why don't you answer that question? Do you think that, you know, Catholics just in general would feel um, abandoned by their Church if, for instance, they weren't able to have the same funeral rites as somebody else? Yeah, thanks, Dave. I mean, I think it's easy for people to have this stereotype of the Catholic Church, and it's probably easy and convenient for people to want to compartmentalize a lot of the Church teachings into rules. Yes, we can do this. No, we can't do that. I mean, first and foremost, we need to remember uh, that anyone who is sick 
the church has been there for thousands of years and accompanying them in their journey. We look across this country, you have Catholic chaplains, you have Christian chaplains, chaplains of many different faiths and hospitals uh, across the country. And so we don't abandon people. We are there with them in their most difficult moments. Um, And I think what we're looking at with these guidelines that the Alberta bishops have put out is a recognition that there's a struggle here where we say, okay, we want to journey with people in their difficult days, in their final days. How do we square that with a teaching that clearly talks about the reverence for life at every stage from the moment of conception to natural death? And so to, to classify this as people are going to be refused funerals left and right is just inaccurate. It's a 34-page document that really talks for the most part in how we journey with people, but it does raise the issue of how do we grapple with this difficult issue of um, having a Catholic funeral mass for somebody who may be very publicly has celebrated uh, euthanasia or uh, assisted suicide. Now, Neil, we talk about the Alberta bishops. What, if any, guidelines uh, has the Archdiocese of Toronto put out in regards to funeral rights for those who do have a medically-assisted death? Yeah, we haven't put out any formal guidelines right now. Actually, the, the bishops of Ontario are meeting this week, and there's all, obviously uh, um, some, some difference in, in approach on this. We've heard just this past weekend from a couple of the bishops of one of the cardinals in Quebec, uh, and they've said uh, in their community they're not going to um, be refusing the sacraments to anyone. Um, and we have to recognize that even the talk of refusing the sacraments, people um, may get the impression that this is something that would happen on a very regular basis. It's extremely rare, and if you look at the Alberta document, it talks about some very specific uh, circumstances, and so um, the idea that, you know, we just want to abandon people who, um, you know, are considering assisted suicide or euthanasia is is just not not correct. Um, It's more talking about how do we deal with someone and, and work with them pastorally and accompany them, and then how do we all also um, give them that respect that also respects their life and also the teachings of the church. Shinaz, I look at this in, in, in terms of what a church can do. I look at it and say, well, the church decides who they can marry, for example, as if, as in like, if you're not Catholic, then the priest has the right to say, well, I'm not going to marry you if you don't, you know, get into the Catholic church. So what's so different in this case? You know, I think what's different in this case is the influence of the church. So on one hand, while we're talking about uh, sacraments and um, and Catholic funerals, the other thing that we cannot um, sort of separate from this very important conversation is the role that the Catholic Church plays in health care, in the delivery of health care. There are many palliative care units. Some are the only palliative care units in a whole city that are uh, administered um, from a faith-based uh, hospital. There are many hospitals in this country that may be the only hospital that is faith based um, that services a number of surrounding communities, and many of them are now saying that if you want to have an assisted death, you have to leave the premises. So I would really question the notion of when we're talking about abandoning uh, and being abandoned from the Catholic Church, we're not just talking about funeral rites and, and sacrament. And yes, I think that that's a fair point. I think it has the potential for some people to be coercive, but we're also talking about being abandoned through the health care process, and in some cases, possibly Leaving, have, having to choose between what could be the best quality palliative care and an assisted death, and both of which should be the right of the person and are the right of the person in this country should they qualify. So I think that this is an issue that goes a lot further than just um, what the church can do in terms of its own rituals and rights to the actual delivery of health care. 
416-360-0741-866-740-4740. I'm speaking with Shanaz Gokul from Dying with Dignity Canada, as well as Neil McCarthy from the Archdiocese of Toronto. We do have Irene and Barry who wants to make a comment. Irene, go ahead. Hello. Uh, I would like to state, first of all, that it is assisted dying with dignity. It is not assisted suicide. And I'm very much against it. The Catholic Church thinks that they can deny somebody that just because they have an assisted dying uh, procedure. Sometimes you have to put your personal uh, morals aside and do what's best for the patient. Irene, are you Catholic? Oh, yeah, but I'm not anymore. I was. I was brought up Catholic, but I've had, I had enough of it by the time I was a teenager. Okay, so so it would be fair to say that you're what's called a lapsed Catholic. I most certainly am. What, do you follow a lot of the other tenets in, in the religion, though? Pardon? Do you follow a lot of the tenets of the religion other than... No, you, I don't believe in any religion at all. Okay. Irene, thank you for your call. Appreciate that. Uh, so... I guess my next question uh, for uh, Neil McCarthy, uh, Cardinal Thomas Collins, uh, he's been very outspoken on the issue of physician-assisted death. Uh, You're talking about the Ontario bishops meeting soon. What kind of guidelines, or maybe you can't speculate, but when should we expect any kind of guidelines to be in, in place? Yeah, I, I can't speculate on that. They're meeting this week. But but I would take issue with what some of what Shanaz is talking about um, and saying that we're abandoning people in facilities. Um, you know, the Catholic health care and faith-based health care um, is the, the hallmark in this country in terms of creating the health care system. Um, and to suggest that we're abandoning people is just incorrect. There's very clear protocols in place that what would happen if someone was seeking assisted suicide or euthanasia in a facility. Uh, and I would reminder that the legislation does state that no physician or facility is compelled to have to um, provide this service. And just like we don't get heart surgery or we don't have every procedure at every hospital or healthcare facility in this country, I think it's reasonable to expect that a faith-based uh, healthcare facility uh, shouldn't be forced um, to do something that is clearly against the ten it's of their faith, and the, the very reason why they got into the healthcare business was to help heal people, not to help hasten their death. So just that point is very important to make. Uh, and, and we certainly want to journey with people. And, um, you know, if you look around hospitals and healthcare facilities, it's not just a Catholic problem in terms of um, this issue. We've got the Salvation Army. You've got uh, Jewish leaders, Muslim leaders, leaders of evangelical communities that share the same concerns that we have about you know, uh, opposition to euthanasia and assisted suicide. And yes, there is a law in our country, and we respect that. Um, but we don't feel that we should be forced to have to either, uh, you know, provide or directly refer for it. Shinaz, we talk a lot about, uh, on this show, we talk a lot about palliative care. We talk about how there's just not enough money spent by governments out there. If there was a situation where palliative care was... Uh, better funded, if there was a, a situation where there was more help for the dying in easing their death, would that be something that would be amenable to Dying with Den- uh, Dignity Canada? Uh, thanks, Dave. I want to go back, sorry, just to um, no, that's okay. comment that uh, Irene Major caller made about the use of language, that we are talking indeed about assisted dying and medical assistance in dying. But I also want to go back uh, to Mr. McCarthy's comments about institutions not being forced. Uh, the, the legislation is quite clear that no physician uh, should be able, should be forced 
um, to, provide, to provide an assisted death if they conscientiously object. It's not very clear on institutions because institutions, healthcare institutions, fall under the provincial purview and not the federal governments. And I would remind your listeners that, you know, there's no question that the healthcare provided in Catholic hospitals and other faith-based hospitals isn't excellent. It is excellent health care, but it is um, providing public health care with public funds. Um, and medical assistance in dying is not like, you know, some of the uh, equipment required for certain types of surgeries or an MRI. Medical assistance in dying is for people who are dying under Bill C-14, who are incredibly frail and vulnerable, um, and who cannot be moved around um, because the institution has a, a perspective, a point of view, a moral or religious perspective on any particular healthcare treatment because there will also be providers within those institutions and certainly patients and residents in those institutions that are also entitled to their freedom of conscience and their free expression. And so providers who cannot provide this in Catholic hospitals are essentially being told there's only one conscience here. It's ours. You don't get to have an individual conscience. And that's problematic from a human rights perspective. And Dave, just on your question, there's no question that we need better palliative care in this country. I think everyone can agree on that. Um, but for some people, palliative care isn't enough. And so like palliative care, medical assistance in dying is just one more option on the spectrum of end-of-life care. And people, should they qualify, should be entitled to both, or maybe they start in palliative care. We know from Oregon, from the statistics in Oregon, something like 90% of people who ask for help in dying are already in palliative care. So, yes, we need better investments in palliative care, but we need to make sure assisted uh, dying is equitable in access across the country and in all public health care institutions. Dave, if I could jump Absolutely. in. We're talking about 30% of Canadians have access to palliative care. To me, that's a crime. I mean, we have 70% of Canadians who are, if they're in a situation where they have a terminal illness or they're close to end of life, uh, you know, they don't have access to palliative care. Well, so it's no wonder if someone comes along and says, we can end your life with an injection or, you know, a prescription, here we go, and we can make it happen, and it's all taken care of. Well, then they're going to be that much more tempted to look at that. Instead, we should be saying, until we have, as Shanaz said, 90% in Oregon or 100% in Canada of Canadians with access to palliative care, they might feel very differently about pursuing assisted suicide or euthanasia for them. So we really need to be telling our our politicians, the, the key issue and the priority should be getting 100% of Canadians having access to palliative care. I'll have to cut off the conversation there. Sorry about that. We're running up against the clock. Uh, Shanaz Gokul from Dying with Dignity Canada and Neil McCarthy, the uh, Director of Communications of the Archdiocese of Toronto. Thank you both very much for joining me today. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Dave. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.